0: we're live hey welcome back matt on matt podcast this is a special edition of the matt on matt podcast today we're raw dogging it oh we're free balling it free balling it we've got everything's
1: hanging in the wind
0: we got like two things on the docket other than that we're just gonna shoot shit from the hip
1: we're just gonna keep going i'm gonna keep squeezing this pimple the forms in the left <laughs> fold of my mouth
0: do you so this is a really random question but do you like eat more to one side of your mouth no i
1: well <laughs> uh i don't think so now that you say it i don't know i got my fake tooth on the right side or, or my cat tooth so i oh, kind of so, fa- you- so i favor the left side i like the left side a little more
0: Maybe you're, like, rubbing cheeseburger and enchiladas all over the left side of your face.
1: Maybe that's what it is. And so then it just <laughs> – that flares up the, the zit, and then it just starts milking itself right out of my lips.
0: <laughs> the, it's super
1: that's, gross.
0: That's so gross. I,
1: get,
0: <laughs> um, I constantly get – you see this, like, little space in between oh, yeah. my mustache?
1: Oh, yeah. That's gross.
0: All the you're time right, right, right there yeah. and then right here. At the sure. top of my chin.
1: Oh, dude. Just, just cheese grater.
0: Like, I'm 31 years old. You <laughs> thought the acne would have fucking stopped by now.
1: <laughs> that was a lie that they told us whenever we were in high school. Dude. They were like, <laughs>
0: Sorry.
1: yeah, they were just like, you're going to get pimples, but they'll stop. <laughs> they never stopped. They, <laughs> they should be telling us is that you're going to get pimples unless you, like, don't control your diet better or Wash your face enough, you fucking gross kids.
0: Well, I wash my face every day. I wash but, my face. But I, I eat like shit.
1: <laughs> I eat, well, I, I have been eating like shit. I've just started Weight Watchers again
0: this week. Uh, redo. Redo. Part, part,
1: part 26.
0: <laughs> it's been a long struggle. <laughs> uh, but no, actually, when I was in high school, the assistant theater teacher. We were at, like, the big high school theater convention, T-E-T-A, and Miss Byers had this – the assistant theater teacher had this giant mammoth zit on her chin. <laughs> and she, it, like, just kept pissed all day long. She was just pissed about it. And one day – one time, I just remember her going, this is such bullshit. I'm 33 years old. This shit was supposed to be over by now. <laughs> and that's – and at that time, I was – you know, I had the typical – yeah, sixteen-year-old face, and I was right. like, "I'm gonna be like this forever."
1: Yeah, same.
0: Except now, sixteen, my voice was completely changed. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when did your I, uh, voice change?
1: My voice changed. Well, my voice went on a journey when I was really, really young. I was partially deaf because I had bad, uh, I had fucked up ears, and um, and that weirdly caused my voice to be very deep for a toddler. People would always be like, "This is Matthew Butterfield." Hello. I remember this guy, Bill, at church. He'd always be like, he'd always make fun of me and be like, "Hi, Matt. How are you?" And then I, my ear, I had surgery to.
0: Yeah, he's a little rude. Yeah, I guess you're kind of right. That's (laughs) typical. But that's typical Texan bullshit. Well, I was make fun of you to your face and then laugh and call you sensitive if you get offended.
1: Yeah, and then be like, "What? We're, We're just kidding around." No, he, no, Bill was fine. Bill was not an issue, but, uh, <laughs> I also wasn't like outwardly deaf. Like we weren't walking around talking about how I was deaf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, my parents were deeply ashamed of it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, they, <laughs> we have an imperfect specimen on our hands, <laughs> but then I had surgery and my voice got really fucking high. Like, like, and it I started, never recovered and it never really came back. <laughs> I don't have a super high voice. It is on the higher end of the register, I would say. Yeah, but it's but not it's not, crazy. it's not like I sound like a child. Uh, it's but good
0: like, to where we sound very different on this yeah, show. Which, which, is,
1: which is useful because oh, a lot perfect. of these podcasts I listen to, like My Favorite Murder, My Brother, My Brother and Me, I cannot tell. Who the fuck is talking half the time?
0: Yeah, dude. Uh, I listen to the dollop a lot, and I don't know who the fuck's talking. Really? Just, I can yeah. tell the
1: difference between those two.
0: Okay, well, I guess I'm an idiot then.
1: Well, no, Gareth is just so like, <laughs> oh, he's the one that doesn't know the story.
0: Yeah, that's true. I also well, don't know their names, so.
1: Well, well there's Gareth and there's Dave. <laughs> yeah. And Dave is supposedly a comedian, although he has <laughs> never made me laugh once.
0: I know a lot of comedians like that.
1: He he's in a bunch of stuff and he's famous for being a comedian. But I've watched his stand up and I've seen him in, in stuff. And because he's casting shit that I like. Like he was in he was a regular in Mark Marin show. And it just seems like his his comedy is that he's just totally deadpan and mean, but like lacking any wit. <laughs> Like it's not like deadpan and mean like Anthony Jesselneck where there's like clearly like a crafted sort of formula going on. He's just kind of like quiet and I don't know. I don't get it. It's very odd to me.
0: Some lady walked up to me on the street the other day and I looked her in the eye and I said, fuck you, bitch.
1: Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) That's that's a little extreme, but it's a little bit like that. It's just kind of like. And then he talks about how sad his childhood was a lot. And it's just kind of like, dude, like, like you're like 40. Get over the sad childhood.
0: Yeah, time to move on.
1: Time to move on. Time to get over it. I was talking about something with my therapist. I'm not going to say who I was talking about, but, I, <laughs> but, but I, I was talking about someone with my therapist. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, they just put up with all this bullshit from this other person. And they're like, why? And I was like, I don't know. They had a fucked up childhood. And they just go... My therapist just says, yeah, but they're like a full-grown adult now. Who gives a shit about that? Like almost word for word what she said. She didn't say who gives a shit, but she said they are a full-grown adult now. Like get real, I think is what she said.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all put up a lot of really fucked up shit when we were kids, especially I went over a lot of shit from people that I grew up with in like high school and stuff. But I live by the motto, the best revenge is living well.
1: Sure. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, so I just continue onwards and upwards. Up and to the right. That's my motto.
1: Absolutely. Up and to the right. Because you Excelsior. are Excelsior. You are a secret Republican. You always go to the right. No.
0: <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
1: He hates when I do this. He gets so I, bad. i have not
0: first he of sends all me text messages. First of saying, all, we have stop, a stop closeted we have a closeted sexist. Calling me a Republican.
1: Who says I'm closeted?
0: Oh my gosh. This is uh, good radio.
1: <laughs> joking, joking,
0: sort of. <laughs> on, uh, on the topic of Republicans, did you see Devin Nunes get schooled by the lieutenant colonel today?
1: No, I don't even. What, what did he do now? That guy's such a
0: fucking idiot. Um, so they had a lieutenant colonel from the Army who was in the intelligence department. They had him up there today in the public hearings. And whole buddy, Devin Nunes called him Mr. His name was Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman.
1: Oh, and, that guy.
0: And when Devin Nunes started his uh, cross-examination, he said he referred to him as Mr. Vindman. And the first thing that Lieutenant Colonel Vindman did said, uh, Mr. Nunez, it's Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. (laughs) And Twitter just had a fucking parade. (laughs)
1: That's all my Twitter is right now. Like we were we were going over Twitter news earlier and it's just like impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. I'm so I'm so like I don't even read it anymore. I don't know. (laughs) Like how, I remember actually now you that you tell me that story, leader? I remember it, but I don't care. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how could you claim fearless leader would do any wrong? He only wants the best for himself. I mean, us,
1: us, I mean, us, I didn't mean himself. I mean, mean, us,
0: mean
1: <laughs> God, yeah. it's just like he did it. And and we don't have the Senate. We don't have it. It's It's political. So it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's gonna fall down party line. Like, like it always <laughs> it does. Public to flip.
1: Right, like, it. I don't know. It. I know that it's not necessarily technically a waste of time, but it also it feels like a waste of my time to
0: like follow I, it so I just closely. the highlights, man. Yeah. Or in some cases, low lights.
1: Low lights. But, uh... I mean, they're low lights
0: every but every time i hear one of the fucking republican people just going off in defense of trump all i all i can think i is just okay boomer
1: yeah okay boomer
0: okay boomer
1: yeah. okay boomer that's something that popped up on twitter apparently that's wreaking havoc in workplaces
0: oh, that those new are so phrase so boomers they just can't handle any criticism
1: they can't, they can't handle the idea that maybe they too have some ridiculous qualities that just seem to be like throughout the entire generation. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know all the baby boomers, not all the baby, the baby boomers that I keep close to me are really great, but get real watching these people on Facebook is hilarious. Like I, my my mom was getting pretty annoyed with me whenever I would, I, cause I would show her all those, those like, Groups where we pretend to be baby boomers. <laughs> she would. She eventually was just like, you know, we're not like that. Blah blah blah. That's how oh, she sounds yeah, like. Right. And I was just like, okay, you're not like that. Let's hop on over to Terry's fucking Facebook and see what's going on there. Oh, um, yep, God. spelled Hillary with one L again. <laughs>
0: I've got some boomers from Texas City, Texas that are in my Facebook feed that Bro. I just want to I wanna jump through the I wanna jump through the computer and be like, Why are you like this? How, how did this happen to you? Like, Kenneth L Wolf.
1: Uh, We're dropping names.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, he's not gonna listen to this. He doesn't know how podcasts work. He think he probably you Probably think I, I ain't paying for nothing, you know. You don't have to pay for it, but you know, whatever. I remember there was this one, so you, as you know, my dad is has a decent standing in our community, and there was this big old bond election going on to get a lot of really great shit for the local school system like all new, you know, like computer stuff, a lot of technology, a lot of security stuff like that. But the big point in it that was really had the baby boomers and the millennials who think they're baby boomers really just pissed off about it was that there would be tablets and laptops like galore for the students to learn how to properly use tablets and laptops since that's basically all society's moving towards now. Right. And they were all just, they were like, this is a waste of money. What happened to good old pencils and paper, blah, 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 blah. It and I jumped, I even jumped into the conversation with this one guy who I don't know and I don't remember his name, but, um, he was like given that, what's the matter with the good old fashioned textbooks and arithmetic and pencils and blah, blah, this, that, mm. blah, blah, that. And I was like, Hey man, so I've been working as, you know, in the professional sector, um, corporate America for a long time. And it's all technology. Yeah. Every single company is technology. It's tablets, it's laptops. There's no profession now where it's not technological. This education needs to start from a young age or we're setting our graduates way behind yeah. the rest of the job field. And he just said, Nope, they're just going to do they're All they're going to do is ruin the equipment. I'll, and he said the words, I'll never change my mind. Yeah. And I've never heard a Someone. more baby boomer statement ever than, I'll never change my mind.
1: You know, at least he came out and said it. Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's like, all right, okay. Ah,
0: yeah. And he also said, I'm making this my, my life goal to make sure this bond issue does not pass.
1: Jesus. What a fucking loser. Guess like, how- honestly...
0: Guess how many of the citizens of Texas City voted yes?
1: All of them? 96%. Yeah. (laughs) Of course they did. Of course they did. Whenever you start voting to, like, defund schools, it's like, what the fuck is going on with you? Right? Like, like, what is going on with you? Like,
0: 10 cents a month tax increase. That's so (laughs) fucking absurd. And again, I, I'm not shitting on Texas or Texans, but you start talking about property tax increase since that's the only tax Texans have and yeah. they shit a fucking brick.
1: <laughs> it do, well, it does get like kind of out of control. Like, I, I have heard since I've been back here, I've learned more about it and it is we don't pay income tax, but we pay just as much in taxes as uh, uh, as people in New York state. Not New York
0: City, but New yeah, York State got the percent city tax.
1: Right, right. Uh, but we pay when it's when it comes to like regressive taxes, like sales tax and, and uh, you know gas tax, and and then the property taxes. Uh, we uh, we end up giving up just as much money as people in in blue states, like that yeah. that. And it's so I don't know. It's That's not why the I fucking rent, brother. <laughs> it's not. Well, you also rent because you're in Manhattan and you're not a billionaire.
0: But um, well, I mean, I could afford a place here, but not a fancy one. You could not afford a place Okay. To buy a place. Yeah, we could we could easily buy a studio or a one bedroom, but not in financial district uptown. Oh, well, yeah, duh. we could, could buy a Harlem? we could buy a one bedroom in Harlem Ew. easily. Gross. But it would be a walk-up building, and <laughs> I'm not about that life anymore, brother. I got way <laughs> too accustomed to elevators. <laughs>
1: uh, hell yes. Dude, I lived in a walk-up for years. I fucking hated it.
0: I, I remember I was like, I'll come over, and you were like, are you sure, man? It's a walk-up. And I was like, uh, and he's like, yeah, let's just meet at a bar. <laughs> yeah.
1: You don't need to come over
0: to this no, it's, I came over. I came over a handful of times to it's the all right. old place. Ah, it was a good spot. I enjoyed your place. It was just hilarious that one time where you were like, are you sure? <laughs> we can just meet at a bar. I'm fine with that.
1: <laughs> there was also, uh, whenever I first got to the city and I was crashing with Cole and Oscar, they lived on like a fifth floor walk up.
0: Woof.
1: It was, at first I was like all excited and like, this is awesome. I'm in New York City. And then, about, like, day two, it was like, all right, if we leave the house, we need to have a reason. And we oh, cannot yeah.
0: come back
1: for, like, four hours. Yeah. But- <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I remember when Greg, Greg the legend, yeah, Greg Breale Bach, when he was living up in Harlem at, like, one tenth and Adam Clayton Powell... He had a phenomenal apartment, but I only ever went to it twice because yeah. it was a fifth-floor walk-up. But that noise. I, dude, I thought I was so – the, the people – these also aren't just like regular little stairwells. These are like super steep, super skinny, turn-of-the-century New York City stairwells. Yes. They're really, really taxing on you physically. Right. Even it's, if you're in shape. I know people yeah. that – in phenomenal shape and these stair- these super skinny narrow steep stairwells kick their fucking asses.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean they literally have like like races on these stair on these stairwells. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like there's uh, uh, granted this is a bit of an exaggeration. The, the Empire State Building does some shit like that every year. There's like a marathon sort of event where yeah. people just run up and down the stairs and it's considered to be like one of the toughest physical like activities you could ever take part in main. I mean, cause going up is hard, but then going down, once you've gone up all those flights going down can be very like exhausting, just in a totally weird, different way because your body is now trying to, it now has to, your legs now have to catch your body as oh, opposed dude, to whole like, in it, it
0: quad burn city.
1: Yes. And it's just like, Oh my God. I don't understand people that do shit like that. Why don't you just watch people do that on television?
0: Apparently <laughs> the team from uh, the New York fire department always dominates that one.
1: Of course they do.
0: Yeah. Cause that's like one of the, like, I don't know what you call it. It's like one of the assignments, one of the divisions in the New York fire department is the stair climbers. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Cause like it's the same in like, In fire, you have the stair climbers, the people that are in the best shape to climb up to the tops of these buildings. And then in like in police, you have like your fastest guy as your runner and stuff like that for, you know, running uh, pursuit on foot. Shit like that. So, yeah, FDNY apparently dominates that race every year up to the top because they just got dudes (laughs) that are fucking machines.
1: Hell yeah. Well, of course (laughs) they do. Yeah. New York City fire. I mean, firemen just in general are fucking... Wild like what like how crazy do you have to be to want to do that?
0: I think I'm going to go jump into fires for. Yeah.
1: Reason. Yeah. I'm going to go save people from
0: burning buildings. I bow. That? I bow down. I yeah. bow down. Yeah. but Damn y'all crazy.
1: And you never hear about a fireman just strangling a
0: black dude for no reason. Fucking relax. <laughs> they do it but it's off duty. What if they did that'd be fucking wild. would be like what the fuck. <laughs> Firefighters aren't even safe now. <laughs> Firefighters
1: just show up to a fire and start strangling people. All right. We need a Did you this.
0: set this fire?
1: Did you set this fucking? Come here, you son of <laughs> a... You know, this building burnt out because of this loose cigarette. No, uh... I can't freak, motherfucker. No.
0: Sorry. Goddamn I, uh... embers. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that Whoa. was a, that was he a tangent, brother. <laughs> yep,
1: he just went there. Okay, Boomer. Um, my favorite thing is that somebody on Twitter said that the that Boomer is now a an ageist slur.
0: <laughs> He's a New York radio host. Oh my god. What a what a brilliant he called thing. It to the say. equivalent of the N-word. <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna say during rap songs now. No, uh, that's can't like what a tone deaf, stupid thing to say. That's a, yeah, much like a boomer would say.
0: Exactly. You know what I say to that? I say, okay, boomer.
1: Okay, boomer. I had somebody come <laughs>
0: into the restaurant the other day wearing an okay, boomer sweatshirt. And I was just like free drink on you're getting a free drink, brother.
1: <laughs> I did. I
0: comped, I comped him around cause he was wearing a okay, boomer sweatshirt. Awesome. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Well,
1: We've got I guess it's an announcement. I don't know if we're even gonna announce it. We're gonna go bi-weekly, everybody.
0: We are gonna go bi-weekly. We find that um, there's just we, we just have better when we give ourselves two weeks to gather information and have experiences, we tend to have better content.
1: Yes, yes.
0: we, and, we tend to have a lot better stuff when we have a little room to breathe in between episodes. Right. And also we've been extremely busy lately.
1: Yeah, just like doing day job shit, doing doing day to day shit.
0: Yeah. Like and like I'm
1: just busy right now.
0: I got a lot of stuff going on with acting and running a restaurant and you know, my wa- my wife and I use the same computer. Yeah. And she has a shit load of editing to do. Right. So I think it's just in the best interest, A, content-wise, and B, for us, if we go bi-weekly. So you're going to be getting us every two weeks now instead of every week. Maybe in the future we'll go back to the weekly format, but where we are right now in our lives, bi-weekly is just kind of the best for us.
1: It is indeed, which I'm looking forward to in a way. I I don't know.
0: I think we we'll have better stuff. I think we we'll have better shit now.
1: Well, better stuff. I mean, within this past, because we've waited two weeks to put this one out, and within the last two weeks, I've actually got some things that I want to that I've done and seen that I'd like to fucking talk about. Yeah, number absolutely. one, number one being the modest
0: mouse. Your eleventh time.
1: My eleven my my Spinal Tap anniversary. Show of seeing Modest Mouse.
0: He liked Modest Mouse so much, he turned it up to 11.
1: It and brother, they fucking brought the sauce this time. They did it. They kicked ass.
0: Dude, I knew some people that saw him in Houston a couple of days before you did, and they they said Modest Mouse was outstanding.
1: They really tightened up. There is a little bit of goss that I noticed. Ooh, Uh hot
0: goss. Here's uh, our new segment on the show, Hot Goss.
1: Hot Goss! So, <laughs> um, with like the history of Modest Mouse is, is fraught with a lot of bad decision-making. Um, and one of those decisions was that in like 2014, 2013, 2015, some, somewhere around those two years, three years, um, Isaac Brock canceled... He was trying to record a new album and he canceled a, uh, a European tour, uh, which ended up costing the band millions and millions of dollars. Oh and they have God. been trying to bounce back from that since then. And part of bouncing back from that was that Isaac went and hired like eight people to be in Modest Mouse. And there was only – and, and – part of that hiring process... I mean, they've always had a lot more people than were actually in the official group of the band. Touring Um, musicians. Yeah, touring musicians. But these people became actual band members, and one of which was his girlfriend. I don't remember her name. I could look it up. I
0: don't care. But judging by your tone, it doesn't sound like she was very good.
1: There was not a woman on stage this time around. And I will say, ever since, like, that that whole era started where he canceled that tour and they put out that album with the Texas, with tech, with that Texas city trailer park on it. Yeah. Um, uh, I have not really been into them or, or what they've been up to. I mean, I saw them last year and the set was very meh. It just seemed like Isaac was distracted. He was sick. And he was like, he was like, I drank a bottle of Robitussin before I came out here. And it was just like, so you're robo tripping and, and you have the flu. No wonder you can't remember how to play cowboy fucking damn. Like what the fuck is your problem, dude? And <laughs> I'm not blaming the woman because like I said I'm a like you said I'm a closeted sexist. No. Um, uh, <laughs> um
0: Well, I guess the closet doesn't exist anymore. I'm blaming
1: brother. Isaac. I'm bl- I'm not sexist, guys. Come on. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on. He's not
0: sexist. He just doesn't give a shit about your female problems.
1: No, never and never will. Um, uh, <laughs> can't wait for the women in my life to hear this show. Um, <laughs> the three women in my life no <laughs>
0: all three.
1: <laughs>
0: um, and that includes the dog.
1: Yeah, well, uh, well, yeah, that includes Cassie. but I just think that like getting rid i, I I'm just a big proponent of like, like you shouldn't let your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your significant under other into a band that has already existed
0: beforehand. Uh, Paul McCartney feels the same way,
1: right? I mean, it's like a it's hack yeah. at this point. Like, and at least she was Paul
0: and the- Linda started Wings together,
1: right? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, 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 if you're gonna like be in a band with someone you're fucking fine, or that you're married to or dating, fine. But like have it just be your band. Like your yeah. don't don't like like what if like Eddie Van Halen suddenly just was like, and here's Mrs. Van Halen on the keyboards and Glockenspiel. <laughs> Glockenspiel. Like everyone would be, would be one like, one of my what favorite
0: f-? instruments based solely on its name.
1: <laughs> like people would be like, what the fuck is she doing here? Like, and I don't know, she wasn't bad. Like, I'm not shitting on her. She was fine. She played the notes. But I just think that there there is a new focus to the group, and I just noticed that she the lineup has changed, um, and very much for the better. They were super tight. They did that thing that they do where they play the song how it how it goes, and then it turns into something else, and then it's fucking wild. And they bring it back. I was with my dad, and it was he was a musical
0: had only, theater dream ballet. If sure. You will.
1: <laughs> uh, I was with my dad, and the only other time he had seen them was the first time that I had seen Manus Mouse, and I couldn't drive to the concert, and he had to go with me.
0: Oh, nice.
1: I was too young, and so he was my ride, and he watched them that night, and he didn't think they were very good. But I also think that that was just him being a dad. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. They're drunk. It's like, Well, yeah,
0: dad. So yeah, when stars. you saw when you saw Led Zeppelin in 1977, Scott, they were fucked up.
1: <laughs> Funny story. He has never seen Led Zeppelin. Oh, well, I was just, you know, using a
0: name.
1: Well, well, this ties into what I'm talking about. because My mom saw Led Zeppelin. He he always told me that story about how he regrets not seeing Led Zeppelin. He's like, I've seen Robert Plant and Jimmy Page play together, but I've never seen like I never got to see the original lineup. Uh, even though they came to West Virginia. oh, Like they were in Charleston where my dad was and he was just didn't go. I think like he was out of town or I don't or he was just like a unfocused, yeah. like stoner fuck up
0: kid. I don't know. But like Charleston he, gets ax like they get good ax there. So he still, I don't know if see. they still do. Yeah. Charleston's the biggest city in West Virginia.
1: Yeah. But who give that? That's like saying they,
0: you're the biggest big ax makes Virginia. stops there. All I right. mean, Beyonce's not going there, but you know. But
1: they were like the Beyonce of the 70s. But
0: Taylor Swift goes there.
1: Well, yeah, it stays white out a little later there. Um, <laughs> um, but she, uh, I don't know. But he always told me that, and I vowed that I would never miss my favorite band. And uh, that's why I've seen Modest Mouse 11 times. Yeah, I. I'm not gonna live the life that my dad lived and miss my favorite band.
0: I'm with you on that. I don't think I've missed the only. Uh, there's one band that I never saw and I and I'll never get to see them. Um, I never saw Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, yeah. And that I when he died, I was just like, wow. How many times did I say next time? Dude, right? Fucking same. terrible. Same. I love Tom Petty. God, I love Tom Petty so much.
1: Yeah, I know. Me I'm the I'm the same way. Tom Petty's like how I learned guitar.
0: That's yeah. why I spent I'll, I'll spend whatever it costs to sure. see Bruce. Sure. You know what I mean? I'll go. i never again I'm going to see Bruce every Absolutely. time. As many times as possible. Absolutely. I got a friend Sonny that I hang out with at the Dallas Cowboys bar. And she has seen Bruce over a hundred times. That's insane. Yeah. That's she awesome. went, he sold out 12 consecutive nights at MetLife Stadium like two Augusts ago. And that was like 60,000 people each show. Jesus. And she went to every single one of them. What the fuck? She said every single set list was different.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. And That's every amazing. Show the shortest show was three hours and ten minutes. That's
1: incredible.
0: He's the fucking boss. But no, I, I, I'm i with you on that. to what we were that. talking you about. Gotta go see, you see. got to go see your bands, man. you got to go. go see your people. That's why I am in no way, shape, or form this coming May. I will be at Madison Square Garden for Sturgill Simpson.
1: <laughs> I still haven't listened to that album you want me to listen
0: I to. I know. It. It's because you're afraid. I'm afraid? Or coward. <laughs> You're afraid I, you're afraid you might like it.
1: It's uh, that's not it. I don't think that's it. I just think it's because I keep forgetting to.
0: Uh, I thought it was just like a personal vendetta you had against me. Or well
1: at, st- this, well, at this point, I am doing it to annoy you, but strictly just to annoy you.
0: I'm telling you, man, There's it's not, not the
1: personal behind it. It's not
0: country music, I, which I know it wouldn't bother you, but it's I don't dislike country music but he also it's funny like his last two records have not been country at all. I like,
1: listened to one of them. I listened to the one that he wrote for his son
0: Sailor's Guide to Earth.
1: Yeah, that yeah. was it was weird, man. I mean I I got respect for it and I and I think it's really like something to like listen to and digest but I but I would never just turn that album on. Well, I
0: think that album which I love that album. I listen to it a lot that the kind of experimentation that he was doing to make some of the sounds he made on that album, he really came into his own with mate with it on this album. Okay. Like departing from traditionalist country, doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. And he got one of those, It I don't, it's some kind of like a Korg keyboard. Yeah. He said on Joe Rogan that it, cause he had himself and his band on Joe Rogan. Right. And, um, he said it's the same one that like uh, Dr. Dre used in the early nineties to make those wee yeah, yeah that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So and it's his the, best, I know
1: I know yeah, it's the micro
0: Yeah, the micro So they got a micro and his best friend in the band, he calls him his musical soulmate, is the keyboardist, the yeah. guy who plays the organ and the keyboards, and they got that. And Sturgill had always wanted to make like a synth rock album basically. And so he said I just let I just we got in the studio together and I because Sturgill writes everything as a poem before he puts music to it. He's like, I just had these poems that I'd written that all kind of go together. And then I let him just start fucking around on this micro corg. And then we then that. He just drives the album. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Like, some of it's like synth pop, some of it's rock and roll, some of it's synth rock. It's just a fucking outstanding album. And he has and that real, like,
1: but he has that real harsh twang.
0: His lyrics aren't really the driving factor. And the but twangs. His voice. The twangs. Yeah, you just have to listen to the album. That's okay? what threw
1: me off with the last time I listened to him. It was like he's playing all this, like, beautiful, like, swelling music, and then it's. Oh, you're my boy, and you're – like, I don't know. That's, That's not bad. how he sounds That's at all. That's not
0: how he sounds, but – He sounds it, is... more like this. Yeah. yeah it was... Sounds like Waylon Jennings. But um, the mix yeah. is very different. It's, it's a very unique album. You have to listen to it. All right. And everybody out there, I highly suggest you listen to it. It's a fucking journey. Yeah, it's for a, sure. It is a sonic aural journey. That's <laughs> cool, man. Uh, what else we got on the, dog he's playing today. the fucking garden, dude? You that's always awesome. say this.
1: I know he's, he's always playing the garden.
0: He's never played the garden before, asshole.
1: You've told me this on the podcast like three times.
0: No, I haven't. He played Radio yeah. City last time. Yeah, You're making shit up. You're nope. making shit up. Nope. You're making shit up. All right. Then I'm just you. bored with it. Anyway, uh, I'm bored with you. I saw a parasite. I saw the mouse. They're not that good.
1: They are. Not, that's not true.
0: They got one song.
1: They have You're just trying to get it right out (laughs) of me.
0: Look at you. you Look at you. (laughs)
1: It's your fucking modest
0: mouse song. No, no. Um, Gotcha, bitch. (laughs) uh,
1: uh, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) So I saw a movie that I liked and I would recommend to people.
0: It's probably better than Modest Mouse.
1: It's not! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be clear um, i like i like modest mouse i'm just doesn't? fucking with i'm just fucking with butters here
1: <laughs> they're American classic rock band not classic rock but they're a classic and they are a rock band
0: they're getting they're there they're getting an american there. standard
1: yeah sure to
0: Pacific short people hate themselves
1: uh yes for for angry young men
0: Angry young whites love them some modest mouse. <laughs> it's,
1: it's true.
0: <laughs> pretty
1: much one guy at that concert every time I'm there.
0: It's, it's like 10,000 of you. <laughs> yeah. And then their
1: girlfriends that they dragged along.
0: <laughs> this plane is definitely crashing. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you saw Parasite. I saw Parasite. Everyone should I, go see Parasite. I still haven't even seen a trailer for this movie, and everybody's going shit for it.
1: Don't see a trailer for it. I will just say that uh, – what's his name? Bong Ju Ho is a really great – that's his name. Don't laugh at me and look at I me not like laugh. That. I it, didn't you laugh. You did, too. You just scoffed. You just scoffed at me. That's how his name is written on the internet, so that's how I'm going to say it. Bong Joo Ho.
0: That dog's a hoe.
1: (laughs) No, it's Bong, and then it's Ju, and then it's Ho. He directed a really powerful movie about classism in South Korea.
0: Bong, Ju, Ho. Sounds like a night out with the finance bros. It's... You got Bongs, jews, and Ho's.
1: Well, you know, that's kind of what this movie's about a little bit. Not really, but... uh, But it's it's fucking crazy, man. Like I've never seen a movie like that in my life. Like it, really? it's it, it's. Uh, I mean, and it's not. Um, I
0: is don't know. Like it's a, I don't know what it is. Is it a horror movie? What is it? It's not a horror movie. Oh, uh, because when I hear parasite, I feel like oh, I there's f- a there's a parasite that's going through everybody's intestinal tracts or something.
1: It's, it is very clearly influenced by. There are some horror elements, maybe, but um, but it's uh, he he. I don't know. It's just fucking awesome. I don't want to give away too much about it because I went in knowing nothing about it and thinking that mm. it might be a horror movie, and I and I really liked that experience of it. I'll just say that it's about classism in South Korea, and it's ah. about these two families, um, kind of that are that just end up well you think the story is about two families and then it ends up being about lots of people. I and, it, and it, and it
0: foreign language.
1: Yes, there is reading involved. Uh, you do have to do the subtitles, but the performances were so good that, uh, like halfway through it, I was like understanding Korean. Like I, <laughs> like I didn't even, I didn't even need to read what the fucking exact words were cause I knew exactly like what was going on with everybody. And it was,
0: Oh, I mean, he just, just called him a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, basically, <laughs> or like, or like, ooh, that's gross, or, or bad, or uh, I don't know. It's it, it it really, honestly, it's one of those movies that reminds me of uh, like a really good play. Like it's kind of almost like an Edward, Edward Albee play. Okay, like it's it's very reminiscent of I love like Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf.
0: Ooh, nice.
1: Okay, oh, you know that what sounds you dope to tell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going. Like there's, there's just like there's a, there's lots of, like big reveals that are fucking insane.
0: That are built and, to, built to, built to, built to bomb. Yeah,
1: and, and it, you know, it all takes place at one location for the most part. Well, really two locations, but there's one main location. Um, I don't know. It's just really it's. It's fantastic. It's really great, and everyone should go see it. That, that director is also. I I don't know anything about Asian movies, Asian cinema, really, but I went. To, I saw this at the Draft House, like you do, and they gave you. They gave like a really great like uh, kind of like here's what's going on in Korean film right now. Uh... Shit looks dope. Like that is a whole industry that doesn't get. The play that it should in the South
0: Korea, South Korea is they're really coming on the scene hot and heavy in terms of their entertainment business.
1: Yeah, I mean, their little
0: could. their K-pop bands are taking over America. I mean, I talked about it on the podcast. I went to the Korean festival
1: in Houston and it was fucking out of this world. Yeah. Like I like saw it. I don't know. Like that's and that,
0: a, have you ever looked into like the way that their businesses ran over there in terms of entertainment? Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking factory. Yeah, and yeah. like the performers are treated like assets. Oh uh, yeah, it's fucking wild, dog. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like here to like do an expose on them. I just mean it's just really fucking interesting well, and it's fascinating. Just,
1: well, it's interesting because that's just how they've all agree agreed to do it that way. Yeah, like they yeah. like. I Don't know, it seems like being a star over there would be kind of difficult in the way that st- st- like stars are made here, you know what I mean? Like, like we have these pop, these boy pop bands where it's kind of like a fight for who's going to be the famous one out when of this, the band
0: breaks up, when yeah. The band
1: eventually breaks up, whereas in those with that genre of music, the bands do not break up, no. yeah. And if they do break up, or if you cause problems with the band, then you're done. The fans, yeah, don't care you're anymore.
0: excommunicated from the industry.
1: Yeah, in the, and the you're fans are not putting out
0: a solo album, <laughs>
1: right? And the fans don't even want to hear it. They're just like, I don't, I don't want you without your group.
0: Yeah, which they're is, not. They don't want Harry Styles solo.
1: No, no, they don't want Justin Timberlake. They don't want, you know, yeah, try to think, Nick Carter, Aaron <laughs> Carter.
0: Carter. <laughs> they don't want uh, a Imagine.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. They want John Lennon with the Beatles and only with the Beatles. Right. They don't right. want wings over America. <laughs> right,
1: right. Uh, so, anyway, I would recommend everybody go see Parasite. It's fucking wild and really great. Um,
0: oh, oh, I saw uh, Motherless Brooklyn. Oh! New Edward Norton film. Tell
1: me what you think.
0: That was a damn fine piece of film brother yeah. I highly highly suggest it so Edward Norton is a a man with Tourette syndrome yes and he works for Bruce Willis's character who is a private detective and Bruce Willis's character has four guys that work for him, and they were all four boys in an orphanage that he, like, pulled out of this orphanage and kind of, like, raised them to be his boys for his P.I. business. Yeah. And something happens to him, and Motherless Brooklyn, Edward Norton's character, which was, like, his nickname, yeah. um, decides he's going to find out what the hell happened. And it goes all the way to the top, and it's noir gumshoe detective shit. I love it, brother. It rocks, and it's 1950s New York City. Love it, amazing.
1: Already gonna see it just because of
0: that, dude. It's so good. It's so 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 good. And Alec Baldwin plays a character named Moses Randolph, who is heavily, heavily based in reality on the man Robert Moses. Oh, Robert Moses. Much? That name. He built a lot of New York, didn't he? He like, built he just, a lot of New York and he did a lot of good. And he also did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of bad.
1: Well, that's the thing about those New York politicians. It's like they they did like especially in the early days or the early 20th century, like like the middle of the 19th century, those like that whole like span of time. It was like they were creating something really spectacular and providing a lot for a. For millions of people, but then, you know.
0: They also um, fucked a they, lot like, of people. But Robert like Moses, was, it was pretty well known that Robert ruthless. Moses did not care for the working class. And he did not care for ethnic minorities. Yeah. Um, so, like, the thing he did that kind of just got him unlimited power was the um, Triborough Bridge. Because before the um, Triborough Bridge, New York City was just like disjointed and hard to get. Lo- yeah. I say hard to get around like it's easy today, but imagine how much worse it was before the New Triborough. Are, no, for,
1: for what it is, New York is very easy to get around.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess just this traffic is yeah. what I mean. But like uh, okay, yeah. back then, like to get to the to get to certain parts, po- like, it was just really horrible. Right. So the Triborough Bridge was an absolute revelation of its time and opened up Manhattan to cars, which it had not really been super easy to get cars on the island before. Huh. So it was a revelation of its time, which wow. granted Robert Moses unlimited power. And that's all he wanted was power. And he saw New York as being the town of the car, even though this man never once what? drove a car in his life. Never once in his life did he drive a car. So the thing that he did that made the citizens pretty much turn against him was he built the Cross Bronx Expressway. Now, the Cross Uh, Bronx Expressway is the reason why the South Bronx got so bad, because it cut off the South Bronx from everything and uh, made them like this damn near this little island of low-income really bad neighborhood kind of shit. So he completely fucked the Bronx when he did that. And then he also had this plan where he wanted to put major expressways, like basically, uh, from Brooklyn across or 125th street would be an eight lane elevated expressway and 34th street. He wanted to make it an eight lane elevated expressway, To just cross Manhattan from New Jersey. Oh my God! God,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. That's just like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah.
0: Here's the worst part. He wanted another eight-lane elevated expressway going from Brooklyn up through Lower Manhattan, up through the West Village. It would have called for destroying Washington Square Park. Yeah. Fuck this this guy. All of this got taken down by one woman, Jane Jacobs. She destroyed Robert Moses and also urban renewal, which is what this movie centers around. Okay. This movie centers around Robert Moses' 1950s urban renewal projects, which he called it urban renewal when really it was slum, what he called slum clearance. Ooh, so he took all nice. of these old industrial centers, all these old industrial centers and all these working class ethnic neighborhoods, mostly black neighborhoods, and he destroyed them to build what are now the projects and basically yeah, yeah, yeah. self-contained ghettos. And That's it was one of the fucked. worst things to ever happen in New York city because it also destroyed manufacturing and industry in New York city and really is the reason why New York city was in such a shithole in the seventies. Jeez. So this guy is a character in this movie. All <laughs> <And to> say. <laughs> It's one of the best performances by Alec Baldwin. It's really fantastic. That's and cool. it's like I said, it's an old school noir gumshoe main character doing voiceover while he sits at his desk sorting through all the sorted pieces of this crazy puzzle. It's fantastic. You got to see it. All right. Now Everybody I've see sh- Brooklyn.
1: I've showed you mine. You showed me yours. Now let's show them ours. We
0: both watched. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And goddamn, is that show fantastic. Dude,
1: what a, like, they've only released two episodes so far.
0: I've only seen the first one.
1: Oh, really? I have seen the second, second one, one.
0: yet. I, second. I'm going to watch it, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> watch
1: it tonight. I mean, watch it. I mean, it's it's short. These episodes are shorter than I thought that they were going to be. I thought we were going to get, like, an hour out of each one, and that hasn't really been the case. But I don't even care because it's so fucking good. Yeah. Like holy shit, holy shit! Like John Favreau's dun dun din dung dang dum, do it again. Like he just <laughs> like he's he's the man. He knows how to start a fucking franchise.
0: Yeah, dude, he knows what the fuck he's doing, bro. Dude, that I shit's mean- so good.
1: They, what I've, there's so many like Easter eggs and so many like. Uh, like nods to the original trilogy, the prequels, uh, the the new stuff, even to a certain degree, they talk about all of the they're, 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 they talk about the politics, but in a very practical way. Because I think with the prequels, we get really hung up. The, the prequels, the fault of the biggest problem with the prequels was that George Lucas was convinced that we gave a shit about the bureaucratic shit within the Empire,
0: and. Yeah. And, and he and thought so, we cared about midi Yeah,
1: and, and
0: Jar Jar and he, Binks.
1: <laughs> and he was very much focused on like creating toys and all that shit. And what yeah. this has done is that it showed us political issues, much like because because if you go back and you watch the if you go back and you watch the 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 prequels, it's. Look, I think that they they are objectively bad movies. They're not well done. But they do tell kind of interesting stories politically and historically within this fake history, right? Right. Like like they –
0: But it harkens back to the first rule of filmmaking, which is show me, don't don't tell me. Don't
1: tell me. And so one of the biggest problems at the end of the original trilogy – I mean, Matt, you have to think about this. The Empire – was awful, right? They were genocidal. Yeah. They were crazy. They they did all these horrible things. They separated families. They did all this horrible shit, but they were also the infrastructure for an entire yeah, galaxy. They were,
0: they were the government. Like, they were
1: the government. What happens
0: like, when a government is just... Cla- it's Iraq is yeah, what it is. You right. see what Iraq became. Right. So basically this galaxy is Iraq 2004.
1: So it is a good thing that those leaders were taken out, but like now they're dealing with the fact that even five because this takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, after Luke has killed his dad and the and the Empire the Emperor and mm.
0: uh, Luke. So it was like Iraq two thousand nine two thousand ten. Right. It's in a, a hardcore state of flux.
1: Right. Well, sure. And um, what, what it, the point that it makes very quickly is just that like. If you upend a a terroristic regime in a, in an area that is unstable, shit is just going to hit the fan, and that's mm-hmm. what's going on with this. I mean, we see him not able to accept certain types of money. We see him not being able to travel, or like there's limits on how he can travel and who can travel where. There, like there's all of this stuff.
0: Um, and you that, still have pockets of um, pockets of imperial sympathists,
1: right? Right. There's still people that want the empire to be around. There's
0: still stormtroopers in hiding, like yeah,
1: like why? And why wouldn't they be if they if they if their admiral or their commander or whoever the fuck Hans, uh, I almost called him Hans Christian Anderson. Uh, what's his <laughs> name? Uh, 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 oh up. fuck! Werner
0: Herzog.
1: Werner Herzog. He uh, like he, like.
0: I know was, that's just that's I, hilarious. Uh, he,
1: he, uh, but he, um, if he was still like paying you or making sure that you could live your life, why the fuck would you leave him? Because the yeah. moment you get out, like, people are gonna be like, I think that guy was a stormtrooper, fuck him, kill him, but like, stay with your troops, stay with your people, stay with them. Well, like the people that like take care of you and I'm not talking on like a moralistic sense. Obviously, you shouldn't side with the Nazis or the Taliban or whoever the bad guy is. But like in a selfish way, if that's what your upbringing was, then you don't know anything else. Why would you leave if you didn't have to?
0: Yeah. And so and it also like. Sorry, to me, history because you know, I'm like a fucking huge history nerd. Yeah. I have always found the Reconstruction period more interesting than the Revolution. Right. In all yeah. different types of scenarios. Right. Um, the South after the Civil War is fascinating. Oh, my God. I'm not, I know, I'm just like, it's because they had, to, right. it's a very fascinating thing to read about. Like, the Reconstruction right. era after the Civil War is fascinating to read about. Oh. The uh, first, like, 10 to 15 years of America after the American Revolution is outstanding.
1: What's that noise?
0: It's, uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know what Nothing. it is. Nothing. Don't just, worry I about shouldn't it. have brought attention to it. Don't worry
0: about it. <laughs> um there was another example that i was going after and i forgot but um oh so what sl- um what former slaves went through after the emancipation proclamation as oh, a huge dude. part of the reconstruction of america yeah it's insane it's it's more fascinating than the civil war itself yeah to I read know. about it's more yeah. interesting it's more heartbreaking it's yeah yeah, so, what this so that's does, why that like feeds into why I'm so enamored with this world that the Mandalorian takes place in.
1: Because what we because you, you see all of these political problems that are happening, but they're not talked about. They're just the given. And then the rest of it is the story of this guy and how he's navigating the world with this new set of rules, which is essentially there are no rules like and. and it, it, just the chaos that's created, and, and and how he navigates it is absolutely just. I, I mean, it's fucking rad. I mean, you literally get you get him on a gal on like a what's it? a Gallic gun, like just mowing motherfuckers down, like and like he's like working with a droid that keeps wanting to kill itself because he thinks all is lost. It, it, it's. It's yeah. really
0: amazing. yeah. <laughs> Initiating self destruct. That yeah. droid, I do believe, is voiced by Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika I love Waititi. this man. This guy is out of this world.
1: He just keeps one hit at right after another. And I mean, speaking about great cameos in that first episode, the first character that we kind of deal with, his first bounty that he collects, played by Horatio Sands. Uh, then they he transports that. That um, that bounty with the help of Brian Posehn. Yes. Uh, and then like, I don't know. And then there's Werner Dude Herzog.
0: Posehn in a Star Wars thing was just like this man's life was just made. This
1: like this man's life was completed. Yes, he's had children. Yes, he's
0: married. He's stand-up yes. specials and been in movies and television shows. Yeah, he's
1: been on sitcoms, but he now can die.
0: He's part of the Star Wars canon. <laughs> he
1: is. He is so – like I'm so – like I've never been more happy for an actor.
0: Like, I'm so happy for that, man. Like, Brian like, saying congratulations, brother.
1: Yeah, the, the the only other one that's left that I really want to be in there is Patton Oswalt. Oh, God. If
0: he pops up in this – He has to. Oh,
1: I mean, it's since oh. Brian
0: did it, he has to, right? Right? You think Patton's got to be in here somewhere.
1: Just got like a happen. little – like he's a little chubby prince somewhere with a dog. Now you
0: can't have my precious metals. <laughs>
1: uh so everybody was oh, oh shit,
0: it's a real Mandalorian.
1: The other thing, the other thing that they did in this that I really liked, which is just a throwaway line, is that they have now made the uh the holiday special canon because yeah. of this. Like there there it was always kind of like whenever they Disney bought um, Star Wars, it, there there was always kind of a joke of like, well, what's because they threw out a bunch of stuff that was quote unquote canon, particularly with the books, and now those are called Legends, and it's just like a whole stupid thing. But like um, everyone was always like, well, why wouldn't the like why, why wouldn't the holiday special be canon? It has all the original actors. There's a plot. There's all this stuff and now they like Horatio Sanz's character just says, "Oh, well, I was really hoping to see my family for Life Day, which is what they're celebrating in the Christmas special."
0: Yep. Which means that it, they, they did. John Favreau gave a nice little nod yes. and made it canon. Made it canon, which That was it, that was for the dorks out there. <laughs>
1: the holidays are coming up. The holidays are coming up. I really highly recommend watching the Star Wars Christmas special. Highly, if you get my highly Get a nice little green hog's leg and a little batch of incense and sit back with a fire and just burn one down and watch that shit show of a holiday special
0: because it is
1: <laughs> something
0: else. Oh, hell yeah.
1: Have you ever seen it or clips of it or anything? I've it's... seen
0: clips of it and Wolf Buddy Wolf.
1: <laughs> it has softcore porn shit. in it. It has softcore porn. It has – B. Arthur is the owner of the cantina in Tatooine. (laughs) Uh, It has has a 10-minute scene with Wookiees in it, all speaking Wookiee, and they are the only people speaking Wookiee, and there are no subtitles. Love it. And then there is a 20-minute Dinosaur and Boba Fett cartoon.
0: Dude, people were so high when they wrote that. They were coked out. They were going through cocaine psychosis <laughs> when they wrote that. <laughs> Their brains were melting with the blowski. <laughs> Dude,
1: it is. It's like at one point, his the, the porn comes up whenever uh, Chewie's dad sits down and puts on a VR set. And then he watches this like chick give him a lap dance in oh, VR.
0: God. And, and then you
1: see like his little wookie face shudder. At the end of the scene. And it's like, did that Wookiee just nut?
0: <laughs> yeah, he did.
1: I think he just nutted. Yeah. In front of his family.
0: And that's, that's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking God, of
1: nutting, there is a baby Yoda in this. In this
0: There's a baby thing, Yoda.
1: Which confirms
0: Yoda fucks. All coming, I am.
1: <laughs> Dirty whore, you are. Oh.
0: up it back, I say.
1: <laughs>
0: God damn, show's so good. I highly suggest everybody go out. Get Disney Plus. Also, just get Disney Plus, man. It has every single episode of The Simpsons.
1: Every single episode of Boy Meets World, which you hate.
0: I don't hate no no no. I don't hate Boy Meets World. We'll we'll talk about a different podcast. I was I went on a on a rant the other night about how the parents in Boy Meets World only value their children for test scores and grades, which I think is horseshit. But it's also a very very funny funny show. And uh, Ben Savage and Wolf Riddell are fucking hilarious actors. <laughs> <laughs> they are hysterical, hysterical actors.
1: Yeah, live your life. Get Disney Plus. Watch The Mandalorian, y'all. You Hell yeah. See, it's, I mean, it's essentially the, the adventures. Look, the guy that the, the, the show is about is not technically Boba Fett, but it's Boba Fett. Uh, it's as like, like, Boba on.
0: Fett as you're going to get.
1: It's as Boba Fett as Boba Fett is ever going to be. And uh so it's basically Boba Fett, the adventures of Boba Fett and Baby
0: Yoda. <laughs> which
1: if they it's had something just, I
0: never knew I wanted.
1: Well, I mean, if they had just like called it that, I would have been like, Give it to me now
0: <laughs>
1: You have to give it to me. I uh, want it! <laughs>
0: uh, I'm dying, I'm dying. Uh, give it give it me now. <laughs> give it me now. <laughs> me be wanting
1: so the second and the second uh, episode really gets into those adventures, and the baby Yoda is unbelievably cute and unbelievably fun, and and I don't know, it's just got everything. Watch I the Mandalorian. It.
0: It's gonna be so, it's so good. I can't wait to watch the second episode tonight. It's gonna be great.
1: Uh, I uh, I'll I'll be back with a uh, in a couple weeks once I've played the new Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order game a bit. Right now, lukewarm on it
0: warm on it <laughs> Luke but
1: uh we'll, we'll see I'll put a few more hours into it And so you
0: right now know. you're you're Luke Landwalker.
1: yeah I'm um Luke the moisture farmer
0: <laughs> but I was gonna go to the Tashi station and get some power converters <laughs> <laughs> okay you can warm. hang out with your friends later Luke <laughs> um but, but yeah I, man I, I, think I, I think that's is that it pretty for good this week? Yeah, I think that's it for this week. Um, Cowboys won uh, this past Sunday, but too fucking bad for us. We got to play the Patriots this oh. week, so it's not going to be pretty.
1: Oh, my God. What if we beat the Patriots, though? We won't.
0: But what if we did? Keep that thought in the back of your mind, but never say it. Oh, like, like, never say I'm we're going to do it because oh, then no, it'll, just, it'll be 56 to 0 doing it. Yeah, one. I know. I'm, um, I'm go into hard. my thing, I always think, is if you expect the worst – It makes the best that much better. So I'm expecting to get demolished (laughs) by the New England Patriots.
1: I learned this from Kevin Smith. If you set the bar really low, you can always get over it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly, my bar is so low for the Dallas Cowboys going into Sunday's game um that it just gonna make my life so much easier. yep, the inevitable happens,
1: yep, or <laughs> when the inevitable happens.
0: yes <laughs> because it's Tommy touchdown. It's Tommy touchdown. Tommy touchdown and Jules. they're gonna put in some work on that Dallas secondary. <laughs> And I, well, just all right, feel, man. and I feel like bill Burr's got a lot of thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys and I can't wait to hear him.
1: I don't think he does. I don't yeah. think that he does. I, does. I, I think he could give a shit about the Cowboys.
0: Well, he's a sports fan and sports fans generally all have lots of thoughts on but the he's Dallas also Cowboys. Also Bill Burr. <laughs> and he's That's such true.
1: contrarian and he's so like focused on himself. Did you hear the podcast this week? Apparently, Billy, no fun is a permanent thing.
0: He's done drinking for for drinking. Yeah, whatever.
1: He's like, maybe he's like, maybe I'm not done, but I think I'm done.
0: When you're 50, man, drinking is like a whole different deal. Well, drinking drinking at 31 is different than it was at 25. Yeah, sure. You know, well, he had really he's just
1: like, I've been sober. He's basically he's been sober since his daughter was born. Yeah. Uh, she has never seen me drunk. And I kind of love that. And I kind of want to keep it going.
0: Yeah, that's good. I and didn't see sp- I never saw my parents drunk until I i never seen my dad drunk. I think <laughs> one time I saw him like a little buzzed. Yeah, I was, I was like 23. And then yeah. the fr- I didn't see my mom drunk until I was like 21. My parents did not drink when I was growing up. And then when we got a little older, they started having a little bit. But, you know, I remember getting drunk with your dad one night. Well, yeah, that was when I was. Dad didn't get drunk. We got drunk. Oh, dad had dad had three (laughs) Jack Daniels and Sprite. Because that's what he does. He has three Jack Daniels and Sprite. Uh, That's that's what he does. Be quiet. I'm not going to say anything.
1: Uh, That's a horrible drink. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, but he likes likes Jack Daniels. Whatever. What he really likes is Gentleman's Jack and 7-Up. He's 71. Give him him a break. I'm not saying anything. He's 71, and he hasn't consistently drank since the early 80s. Leave the man alone. (laughs) He hates beer, though. That's weird. He drank a lot of beer in Vietnam, and then... Doesn't drink beer anymore.
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Yeah. All right. Mom likes beer though. Mom loves Miller High Life.
1: Yeah, that's not that was not my experience growing up.
0: No. <laughs>
1: I definitely saw some some sauce around the house.
0: Anyway. Right. Uh, anyway, I'm Matt Beery. You can follow me on social media at MattBeery06 on all platforms. I'm uh, Matt Butterfield.
1: Follow me at Twitterfield on Twitter at Matters on Instagram. Email the podcast at Mattomatpod.com. Uh, Mattomatpod at gmail.com. That's what it is. Um, hold on a second. Speaking of All our right, email. What are you looking at? Speaking of our email.
0: Oh, wait, yeah, we gotta We, gotta
1: <laughs> <think>. <laughs> we have we have received emails. <laughs> we have
0: Tommy Gilbin
1: from, from Tom Hillman. Um uh, Tom says
0: that Colorado has prisoner hosted podcasts.
1: Oh, right. Because we put a call out for that.
0: Yes, we did. He Tom Hilbin Esquire came through in the clutch. This man is one hell of a fan. I love him. Hopefully one day I'll get to meet him.
1: I got to hang out with him a couple weeks ago. Nice. Just super fun.
0: Nice. One of these days. Next time I'm in Dallas, we'll we'll go to dinner with Tom. Do it. do it. Oh, like my God. Podcast. I actually want to listen to this. It's called The Within uh, Podcast. Check it out, y'all. Yeah, The Within Podcast, hosted by prisoners in the state of Colorado, brought to you by Tom Hilbin, Esquire. Sir, you're a good man. Good man. But, yeah, Perfect. email us at thematomappod at gmail.com. And um, hit us up on Twitter at Matt on Matt. It's actually Matt on Matt pod, not the Matt on Matt pod, Matt on Matt pod at gmail.com. I think we're the Mat at the Matt on Matt pod on Twitter. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. Yes. Perfect. Hit us all up. Let's let's uh let's, let's engage. Get into the arguments. Let's talk. Let's, let's fight. call each other assholes and idiots. All righty. But that's it for us. I love you. I love you more. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.